Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren. And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking. We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love. Stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith. We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Josh and Adrian. They are former evangelical worship leaders, pastors, church planters who started Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast as a means to process life on the other side of the evangelical bubble. Equal parts heavy and light, the duo unpack their stories, interview incredible guests, and hear from their listeners, the bad apples, with the hope that it's all going to be okay. Josh and Adrian, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Hello. So, okay, the thing that we love about having these conversations on on this podcast on deconstruct is not only do we like to deconstruct like real like religious stuff and cultural things but we we just like to hear people's stories so we're like okay let's pick apart how this all happened um and so before we get into like more i guess the intense questions if even if i have any intense <laughs> questions if we get there um we just want to hear your story. Like, how did you go from church planter pastors to dirty, rotten church kids? What What was that journey? Josh, you want to take it? Well, it was a long, dark and stormy night. <laughs> <laughs> we got like really slow music. Yeah, yeah, of, you know? yeah. Lighthouse and fog and everything. It's perfect. Yeah, if you can edit it in just like some John Williams <laughs> soundtrack as I explain our origin story. Of the yeah, he's going to change his voice. Don't don't be thrown by my English accent. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, really, I it's it's funny because uh, I I was thinking about. This sort of thing today, when someone showed me a clip of something that happened last year in 2020, um, 2020 feels like the longest year ever because I think everything, at least I did, was a part of, was recorded or it was via Zoom or it was FaceTiming my family. So I have all these videos and memories of this. So 2020 seemed like a long year. And, 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 And saying that, I feel like the beginning of BRCK seems so vivid to me because we've talked about it so much and because all our experiences have been recorded on podcasts. Um, right. it, it, it feels like it just happened yesterday, but Adrian and I basically, the, the long and short of it were, is that you, you covered it in the, in the bio, the intro there a little bit, but we, um, the last kind of big church thing we did, we were church planters and that fell through. We can get into that if we want to, but at the end of it, after Adrian and I were both like, hey, we're out of this for our own, our own individual reasons. We met up. We had planned like a, this hangout at a cigar bar. And this was like three or four months before COVID landed. Um, 
funny enough, none of our friends wanted to hang out with us. So it was just Adrian <laughs> and I at the cigar bar um, sitting across from each other, staring longingly into each other's eyes. And I'm like, hey, man, I was thinking today, this is random. I was thinking, like, maybe we should start a podcast or find a way to record our experience what we're going through because there doesn't seem to be anyone around us who's going through what we're going through. And I have all this audio equipment left over yeah. right, right, um, right. from just that I purchased when I was doing church stuff. And Adrian, he's like, yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing. Um, and then really quickly, I would say, what, two or three hours of us sitting there, Adrian, we I kind of planned out like a rough trajectory, most of which we didn't even follow. Um, <laughs> but it was yeah, mainly like, right. yeah, it was like, that's where the impetus was, like just us brainstorming. And yeah, like uh, us wanting to have a place for people to turn to st- if and when they have any questions about faith or, or just want to feel like they're not alone. We can provide that to them with no expectation that it would ever work. Mm. Like we, we were always like, I, and I, I think anyone for like in our generation was always told like, you guys are going to be a part of something huge. You're going to be a part of a revolution, yep. especially if you attended a passion <laughs> city bullshit. Like totally. you're the generation that's going to bring revival Absolutely. and big, being a part of churches in South Florida, Adrian and I were always, you guys are on the cusp of it. You guys are doing it. So when we left the church, we're like, wait, we didn't do anything. And, (laughs) and so we had the same expectation for DRCK would be just something we put together. um, And then it turned into like a whole other monster. So Adrian, did I miss out on anything? No, I I think you jumped from kind of where we left church into it. I I will say like, I think, we both and I, Josh and I both have kind of grew up in church, kind of like that was like mm-hmm. our whole thing. Like that was really our identity. That was so much of, of who we were and what we did. Uh, Josh and I each respectively led worship when we were like in like junior high. Yeah. And that was just kind of, and, and it's one of those things where it's like you, you know, like Josh makes this joke that he was like born in a pew. My running yeah. joke is that my, my dad was a pastor, my grandpa was a pastor, my great grandpa was a pastor. Like all of our life, our thing was church. And so um, when you give what, three decades kind of of your energy and effort and time um, into a specific kind of system like that. Um, when you eventually leave that system for us, we left because one, we were totally burnt out uh, because we were church planters for a lot of years and it just burns you out. Um, yeah. And and also uh, we, we kind of deconstructed in our own ways. Um, my deconstruction looked a little different than Josh's, but we kind of um, ended the same way. Like we both kind of left the church because of it. And when that happens, you really don't feel like cause that is your, it, it wasn't our only source of income because we worked two jobs, yeah. but it was a source of income. It was our source of friends. It was our creative outlet. It was our kind of like stability system. The people that play with your kids and the people that you see multiple times a week, like it was kind of everything. Um, some people had like their church friends and their work friends, or they had their church friends and their college friends or whatever our church friends and our college friends and our work friends are all the same people. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, so whenever we left, there really was that feeling like we really have nobody to talk to, but each other. And we were lucky, right? Because we had each other. So many sure. folks don't even have that uh, privilege. Um, and so conversations that we would have, that we've had for months, um, you know, in like the green room or on Sunday night after an exhausting service, those are conversations that we had just kind of had for so many, so many uh, months. And we're like, why don't we just try 
kind of saying it in front of mics because you know what the world needs two more cis hat guys sharing their bullshit in front of microphones that's just what the world needs that's exactly what i did actually i mean i i, I do my research and i take pride on the fact that i don't jump into anything too quickly uh so i i pulled i, I contacted nielsen rating um and i asked them what does the podcast market need it says more exactly like adrian said and it's, it's, it's what they said to me more cis hat guys just talking about life just, we need another one of you those. You guys should have started a video podcast where you were doing all of this from the inside of a cigar bar. I don't think it could have gotten more perfect. Yeah. Actually, it's funny you say that because I, I was at that cigar bar this past weekend just walking past it. And like, dude, we have to do an episode from inside the cigar bar, but like not ask permission. Just set up and see what happens. <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. It'd probably be fine. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, anytime I've been inside of a cigar bar, there's so at chill. least one person that's loudly and boisterously talking about some sort of spiritual revelation they're having. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's usually a reformed guy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I love hearing your story. I love, you know, kind of catching up and hearing kind of a, a, a background on you guys because I don't know if you know much about Adam and I's story, but... Um, actually was quite similar. Um, whenever you were talking about it, leaving church, it was more of like leaving a lifestyle in a sense because mm-hmm. the community and all of that. Um, Adam and I were uh, touring musicians and um, under our band called Love Collide. And yeah, we, were, we did that for years and years and years. It was CCM and um, similar sort of uh, experience. You know, as you were talking, I was like, wow, that's, I mean, it's, like our story because eventually yeah we almost like started deconstructing even while on the road doing ccm stuff because it was rough it was it was very similar we were very much those like revival girls that were like trying to be hip mm-hmm. and cool but also like bring you're trying revival. to change the industry from but, the inside out right? yeah yeah exactly Got it. so uh that was like our thing i say girls by the way it was me and my sister not like me and adam um but me adam <laughs> and, and my sister we were all in the band and anyway so then after shows and stuff in the green room we'd be talking and it was exhausting it was it was it was like i would assume like church planting because that was kind of our thing was like bringing this new thing to a church and like waking them up and i mean we had a song called what is it called? Awake? Is that literally yeah. it? Yeah. Anyway. Um, and so, yeah. And then when, whenever we stopped doing CCM, uh, it not only was like the community, but also, yeah, the financial thing too. So it had familial ties. You know, my sister and my mom was involved and my, my both mm-hmm. my parents were involved. And then also financially, that's like, it was my career. It's like how I made money and my identity as an artist. And then also, as a Christian, then that was crumbling. So, so I understand. And I, I, we also feel privileged that we had, you know, each other to kind of walk through this, the deconstruction phase and season of our lives together. We're like, yeah, what, what, what does the world need us? To, literally, I say the same thing. I was like, we just deemed our voices worthy enough to just turn on a microphone <laughs> and record it. <laughs> So I feel like for you guys, it had to have been like your memes in your private chat were just dank enough that you were like, the rest of the world needs to see this. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like, I, I, yeah. I think right. the exact wording was, I go, Adrian, I think we talk about enough, like, like relevant stuff with like a firm layer of bullshit yeah. that yeah. I think people would enjoy. And so <laughs> we've, we've gotten DMs and emails from like pastors, like we, Luckily, we don't get a lot of hate email or just really mean people sure. um, coming coming to us. But whatever we oh, yeah. do, and they're like, 
Yeah, not yeah, exactly. Not gonna After this podcast, um, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, we've got a lot of haters. No, we got people like, uh, yeah, just I don't understand why you're why are you making these memes or why are you posting these episodes? I'm like, okay, what you need to do is go present this podcast to your worship leader and have him look straight in your face and tell you this is exact. He, he hasn't said this before. Yeah. Right. Cause all we're saying here, we're just recording what everyone is saying behind the scenes and no one wants to say, but the most part is like all these jokes we're making. We had to like say it behind closed hands because like, Oh no, we love Jesus. And right. what if our pastor hears us, but it's all the same stuff. It's funny that the yeah. truth is like somehow funny. You're like, wow. Yeah. Because it's like, the truth of what people say yeah like you said like behind closed doors or like after the sermons blah 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 like a lot of the memes and a lot of the jokes and humor it's it's just like really blatant truth and it's like oh that's ironically hilarious and horrible at the same time and it's so relatable yeah i think that's was like kind of part of the recipe from the beginning and i say it's a recipe because we didn't it's like a recipe you didn't actually think about until after you're like that was really Mm -hmm pretty tasty what did i throw in that pot yeah if i'm looking back at it i think um there is something about a very specific there is certainly a niche that we fall into (laughs) if anyone if i tell anyone i have a podcast who doesn't like hasn't grown up in evangelicalism it's almost like no point even explaining it to them because i'm like this you don't you are you don't like there is such a deep rabbit hole to, to, to get to where we are but um for the people that is that are in it you can pretty much get as specific and like nuanced as you want because there is enough commonality that someone somewhere is going to relate to what you say and so i think um we we started with the podcast and then we created like the instagram just because you had to have an instagram handle and then i always thought memes are kind of funny and i was like well this is an interesting way to kind of have some commentary on things and then we'll end up like inevitably fleshing it out on a podcast eventually. So, and so those things, two things kind of happened together. And then what happened was like the Instagram handle just like became this whole thing. Um, but it was always like, we are a podcast with a meme page. I think a lot of people are like, Oh, oh I didn't even know. I didn't even know you guys had a podcast, which is totally fine. Um, whatever, you know, whatever, however you want to engage with us is, is totally fine. But what we found is that people are like, if you, if there's something about all these memes that are consistently striking a chord with you somewhere, then you'll probably be cool with sitting and listening to a two hour fucking podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, so those podcasts are long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We uh, just love to hear ourselves speak. What's funny is that uh, recently I had to go back and kind of try to archive our audio just because I'm just so afraid of losing it. And I went back to one of our episodes, Adrian, and one of our episodes, it was just you and I talking, no guests or anything, was only 56 minutes long. Wow. I had to listen to it. Like, did I cut out a whole hour and a half of this? <laughs> that's a, I was very impressed with us. We used to be, like, brief and to the point. I don't know what happened. <laughs> and now we're just, yeah, totally verbose and all over the place. I think, too, is that our format changed a lot. Mm. So, like, when we came in, it really was just kind of like, two chums kind of shooting the shit on microphones. Right. And then like we started like introducing segments into the show and then we started having like like listener submissions and we started having like audio clips that we would critique and like all those things you, you kind of it, it doesn't happen all at once. It certainly didn't for us. Yes. It's just one of those things where like this would be kind of funny if we tried this and have we tried it. And so it's really just been kind of like an experiment from the get. And we told I mean Josh and I said it like and Josh said it and we in the beginning we were like let's just try like 10 episodes and see if we're still having fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and that's just kind of, we're like, let's try it for a year. And if, if we have fun, let's do it. Let's not overstretch. So we do one, um, two episodes a month. We have 12 guests a year. And so it's kind of like, let's just do what we want to do. No one's going to pay attention to this bullshit anyway. So <laughs> might as well just do exactly what we want. Um, and I think it certainly has, has grown, but I think that initial kind of ethos has been helpful to us because because there was so little expectation that anything was going to happen. Um, there wasn't any sort of undue pressure or we didn't have to pretend to be anyone we're not. Like, I think if we had tried to be, I don't know, like if we had tried to be the liturgists or something, mm. it just wouldn't have worked because first of all, we're not the, you know, we're not the liturgists. I, like we, we couldn't do it even if we I wanted would, to. I would but love secondly, to see a liturgist like, meme page. A, a liturgist meme page would be <laughs> hilarious. If we could just get in their like private group chat in their texts, that would be great. <laughs> You'd need like yeah. a thesaurus and like two doctorate degrees. For sure. I know. <laughs> For sure. I know. Really, yeah, really complex means. But if you get it, then you get it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, for us, we're just kind of like, we're just going to kind of do exactly what we want to do. And no one's going to listen anyway. And then what happened is people ended up listening to it. So it's kind of like, well, I guess there's no point changing kind of what we're doing, you know. Yeah. Change yeah. the formula now for sure. Right. Well, I mean, and like you said, even with the memes, like you can get super specific and somebody's gonna get it. And I feel like that's kind of what you've done with your podcast a little bit more is like you you can go down a rabbit hole for two and a half hours because somebody's just like passively listening to it because they know exactly what you're talking about the whole time mm-hmm. and they're following it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you you mentioned like, you know, you are almost like the memes kind of come first almost like the jokes and the humor come first. Is that, have you found that to be true? Like mostly with, within even the podcast and the conversations you have, it's like, do you, do you post the humor and then you get into more of the like, okay, now let's like break this down. Like, let's talk about this, whatever. Or is it more like, or is it, or is it the other way around where like you're talking about things you're like, Oh my God, this meme is so relatable towards that, you know, that issue or that thing that we're talking about. Um, does that make sense? Like, which way does it go? Think, is it like humor first and then like, okay, let's figure this shit out? Or is it the other way around? I think it's always been kind of like both. And um, we like we um, take on conversations that we have a lot of things to say, but like we don't take ourselves all that seriously. And we fully acknowledge that we're often the dumbest people in every room. So <laughs> like there isn't any sort of like, Oh, we're going to sit in front of mics and just school the listeners. Cause like, that's not how this works. Yeah. So really it's more of like us just kind of trying to talk through like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Do you remember that thing? Yeah. Uh, and, and with that often it ends up becoming light. And then you kind of, kind of find yourself wandering into some like, Oh shit moments. Yeah, um, right. and, and so I think it's like, because we've never really taken ourselves all that seriously um it is both yeah it's heavy in that the whole nature of this shit is heavy but it's like we never approach it with that heaviness we kind of just Mm -hmm. jump in and then i I think if you listen to an episode it certainly starts light and then i imagine gets a little bit heavier but it's certainly punctuated by just moments of like just bullshitting and stuff yeah no i love that i feel like so the last episode that we we actually just recorded um coming out today i think we ended on that note we were like look because actually it was an episode all about like afterlife and is there a god so it was kind of serious mm-hmm. but we ended it being yeah. like thing is like this is part of the human experience like asking these questions and like wondering about what's next or what came before or you know like the mystery of it all like keep it i know it's serious but keep it fun like you it's part of it it's part of this like life 
human experience of just being like, what the heck? Like, what what does happen? Like, why can't let's just like laugh a little. So that's why I do love your account. And I, I get people sending, although we follow you, uh, we we get followers like sending us your stuff. It's like it's so it's so very much relatable. And both of you guys have private personal accounts like on Instagram. Was your intention with Dirty Rotten Church Kids to be like anonymous or what was the intention there? Uh, well, Josh, we, we yeah. kind of knew we were going to be blacklisted. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll, I, at the same conversation at the cigar bar, we, we need to we need to call it something, Adrian. We need to have like a really epic name for that because I get mm. referencing it. Cigar bar uh, meeting sounds lame. The <laughs> origin points. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, at that meeting, oh, Adrian, like if I do this, like I want to like do it, do it. I, I don't want to belong to anyone. I don't want to represent anyone. And yeah. Like if we do it, I'm prepared to be blacklisted from playing worship ever again because yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Is that okay with you? <laughs> right. Um so when we both agreed and shook hands in a slow motion really at yeah. play. We cut our um, hands in like a really weird apple pattern in our palms. It's really yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. and then you spit in your hand <laughs> the, and then you shake hands and it's like the same. The the cigar bar had a lot of questions. <laughs> She's like, excuse me, sir, please, please stop doing this. That's <laughs> a clean up um, But yeah, like you said we closed thirty minutes ago. <laughs> I, I think I think like some of the things were reactionary or, or a reaction to like our church planting and just being in church for so long. For instance, like not taking it too seriously, giving ourselves a hard deadline of one year of episodes, like giving ourselves boundaries so we don't burn out. Totally. And we like aren't back. We, we, we didn't substitute our church work for something else. Mm. But also something good that we we, we took. And, and this is what Adrian's really good at. He's really good at visuals and branding. And so when he said Dirty Rod Church, he's like, oh, dude, that's perfect. It rolls off the tongue. And let's let's put an Instagram account together because that's what you do when you church plant. Yep. You need yeah. to have an Instagram presence. You had to have a Facebook thingamajigger. Yep. So I, 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 don't, I didn't personally put any thought into remaining anonymous. And like so much so that we answered DMs for a long time just talking to people about stuff. Um, and then we can't do that anymore because we have way too many DMs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't like a way to cover who we are. I think it just really encapsulates like a, a, like a side of us. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Totally. I get that. And I think too is like you are often – it's so easy that you can be completely defined by a facet of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like we uh, – we when we first started – we planted our church and it was called – the anchor church i know super super unique and not mm. hipster at all <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh it was, it was called the anchor church and then people were like oh my god you must love anchors and everyone would it would be like my birthday and i would just get a bunch of anchor yeah. napkin holders and a bunch of anchor yeah. fucking frames i'm like i don't like this i don't like this it's just the name <laughs> of the church that i planted right and so i think too is like if if, if i had like changed my instagram handle to like like adrian the church you know what i'm saying if i had like really leaned hard and like made it my thing then it would just be more of what i've been doing for the past three decades so i think this is one of those things where it's like this has been an outlet for us yeah it's been a, like a really helpful way for us to express ourselves and if it helps people great but we're not doing it for anybody else we're doing it for us yeah. and then we kept it kind of independent from our own stuff because it's like i'm not just this right mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying no one is no one is just this totally. one thing that you see of them like we're all significantly more holistic than that so i think it's just been nice because then i have my own instagram page and i can post like coffee and tattoos and watches and shit but then i can act you know in fact there are people who will like follow my instagram and then 
it's like private and they'll follow me and they're like, oh wait, no, you're not talking about deconstruction right. stuff. And yeah. they'll immediately unfollow. It's like, okay, sorry to disappoint you, but I'm, I'm more than that. And I think yeah. that is important to say because while this might be the thing that people know a, a lot about us, just as much as I don't want people to go, oh, you're just a meme page. No, we're also a podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to go, oh, you're just a deconstruction person. Yeah. I think we're something more than that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it seems like you guys were able to catch each other's twinkle in your eye and like you were able to have your own moment of like, oh, we're deconstructing together. But like on that personal level, were do did you guys had families at the time, I assume. Was there a mutuality with that? Like, did you just deconstruct with your families or is that like totally separate? Um, it was, it, it, yeah. That's, no. that's rich. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. It, no, no. You know, I, I think we we really it wasn't like a hard sell to our respective partners. Like my wife was totally fine with not going to church. Um and I think Josh, maybe your wife was kind of the same way, mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily because she deconstructed herself. I think the, the the biggest thing what I found with a lot of folks is like you or especially if you come from a church plant or any sort of like high demand church model where like, like a mega church or something, like you are actually expected to expend so much of your time and energy and effort and mental bandwidth that like you don't get a chance to process, right? So oftentimes you just stop because you need a second to breathe. Yeah. And then what happens is when you're actually taking a second to breathe, then you get a second to kind of critically analyze. One would argue that's not a accident, right? Like if, if, if people are too busy to really critically analyzed, then you get to keep them there longer. Um, But I think for us, it was more of like, I'm burnt out. I have not sat next to anyone in my family for a Sunday in the past, what feels like 10 years. Um, And and so that's how it all started. And then what happened is that once church attendance and and making like the show happen wasn't on our thing, you have so much more time to go like, remember that time when we said this? do we actually believe that? Mm. Like now Alyssa and I will actually talk like, Hey, we have Easter coming up and we're going to spend Easter with our in-laws. But like, what are we going to tell our kids about Easter? You know? So, and these are things that we would not have asked this question because we don't have time to ask what we think about Easter. Are you kidding me? Like we have like a million pastel pink logo banners we had to put up or whatever. Yeah. The logistics of like being a professional Christian. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally. On, on my side of things, like for a good bit, like I, I like I, I didn't have any relationship with my dad because I, I like started this podcast and I'm like everything I've ever done, he's always supported. It's like, hey, take a listen to it. I, he, I knew he's probably get offended by something. Like just listen to it. We can talk about it. Um, and lost that because he got super defensive and thought that I was like make, making a comment about how he raised me rather than my experience yeah. with the church. My mom was sort of on the fence about it. Uh, luckily, like my wife wasn't raised in evangelical spaces. And even last night, we were having a conversation about a, a message she heard at a local church about on Palm Sunday yesterday. <laughs> and the whole message was about uh, guilt and how we need to keep Jesus the center of our lives because we're all guilty. Um, and she's asking, like, but how did you grow up in this? Like, I, I don't know. It was just what I did. It was just everything. Yeah. So she she's starting to understand, like, a little bit of what I grew up in. Mm. Sort of the same situation as Adrian, because Adrian and I both have kids. Okay. Um, and our, like, our my parents are insistent on coming to service here, coming to service there. And 
and I don't mind my children enjoying like the fun aspect of it, but like they went to Palm Sunday service yesterday and my daughter last night said, um, Hey dad, we need to go back to, uh, the church. I think Friday at nine o'clock. I'm like, okay, why? She's like, well, we're going to finish the rest of the Easter story. I'm like, okay, so what was the Easter story they told you uh, yesterday? Right. And she's like, well, they said that uh, Jesus uh, came and died for all our sins. I go, well, I I don't believe like we sin or like I don't think we need anyone to pay that price for mm-hmm. us. And she goes, well, I sin. I, and my daughter's, my daughter's five. Right. And so now I'm starting to get mad at the church as a whole. Like, okay, I go, okay, Emma, how do you sin? She's like, well, when I get out of my bed in the middle of the night and I come into your room and I wake you up and I don't listen to you, I'm like, no, that's called like making bad decisions. Yeah. Like you're not a bad person, Emma. And Aww. and I, I don't think she understands that, but I mean, I'm just, I'm going to keep saying it to her. This is like the third yeah. conversation that I've had with her around sin in the afterlife. She's way too inquisitive. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so even talking to my wife about that, I'm like, I don't, I'm not comfortable sending my kids in that environment. And I don't want them to have that same guilt and shame that I had. Totally. Um, but then, like, how do I approach that with my parents who are like, let's take them to church. We'll take them for the whole day for you. I'm like, oh, my, a day without my kids. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> you can take them wherever you want. Um, so, yeah, family dynamic is very, very interesting mm-hmm. uh, once you start deconstructing and then, like, airing out all your questions. Yeah. Well, I can imagine that the the hardest part would probably be the kids, the grandkids situation and like what they are allowed to do and what they mm-hmm. feel comfortable with. Um, because, you know, for us, we're going to be spending Easter with my parents who are both, they're both conservative Christians. And I mean, Adam was like, are you, are you prepared to go to Easter, like do Easter mm-hmm. with your right. family. Right. Like we're stepping into penal substitutionary atonement, like yeah. uh, straight on the nose. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, how do we, like, are you prepared for that? Right. Yeah. And I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like months ago, maybe months ago, maybe a year ago or so, I probably wouldn't have been, I probably would have said I w- was ready for it, but wasn't. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like something that has sort of shifted in the past year uh, even in the past six months is i have in i've kind of stepped away from the identity of christianity as a whole like kind of all together i just don't label myself as a christian i don't go to any church and um i think being able to do that was one of the best things i could do for my relationship with my parents and and that sounds counterintuitive because that's the last thing that they would ever want (laughs) for me um, is to, is to say like, I'm not a Christian anymore. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it gives me the, the opportunity to see their, their religion and their traditions and their ceremonies and their stories as I would any other person's religion that I also did not associate with or uh, agree mm-hmm. with or align with or partake in. Um, I'm able to just kind of honor that they have these stories and they have these um, experiences and okay, they're going to talk about Jesus raising from the dead and going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Like that's, but that's, you know, just like any other religion is going to have their stories too. I'm going to have to, I need to honor that. And I want to, I want to respect something that means so much to them. And I, but I don't think I could have done that months ago. Um, whenever I still somehow considered my, myself Christian, I, there was still a defense in me. Um, yeah. 
whenever I still identified. So I'm curious, like if you guys along, along the journey have had a moment where you've either totally stepped aside from the Christian uh, labels, or if you're still, you know, kind of considering yourself that how have you like navigated that, especially with like your family? Do they ask, are you Christian still or whatever? How, how has that been for you guys? I feel like I, um, it depends who asks me and it depends how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think what's funny is like we, probably my least favorite message we get on any social media platform or any email we get or tweet or whatever is everyone's like, Hey, real quick. Like, are you guys Christ followers? Like, are right. you guys Christian or whatever? And it's, and it's really is, I, I, I don't honestly, I don't prefer to go by the label Christian, but yeah. it really it's only because if I were to say that there is something about me that identifies as a Christian, then, I would, then people would go, okay, well, then you have to prove it. They would right. hold it and against I'm not interested you. In, totally, and, right. And there's all this kind of extra expectation now that I'm like, well, I have no interest in that, you know? So yeah. it's almost easier to just not kind of identify that way. Yeah. Um, that said, I think there are people who I'll interact with who they're not able to kind of hold that or hear that or kind of deal with that. And I value my friendship and my relationship with this person more than I care about my own, like the nuance of my spirituality being perfectly conveyed. So I will often kind of go, well, you know, I don't really know how I feel about all this stuff, but like there is something about the Jesus tradition that I still Mm. resonate with, or there is part, there are parts of me on certain days that I still appreciate that part of my faith tradition and, and then I'm okay with just like leaving it that way because I, I care more about, I don't know. I, I, I really have no, I don't want to like freaking like steamroll someone's entire worldview. Yeah. I don't have the time or energy to do that. So it's like, sometimes you ask me, but they don't really want to know. They kind of just, I don't know. They need to kind of fit you into so, somewhere in their mind that they can relate to because oftentimes they're trying to relate to you. Yeah. They're oftentimes are like, I, like we had a conversation with David Hayward, uh, the naked pastor, and he's like, yeah. sometimes people ask you for these labels because like they would like to be able to identify with you in some way. And then they at least feel solidarity to you. And that's not necessarily coming from a bad place. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's more like I want to relate to you on some level. It's the reason why someone goes, if you're like, I don't know, getting your haircut or something and someone goes, hey, did you catch the game? Like they don't necessarily care whether you can, you know, maybe they just want to try and connect with you on some sort of level. So I, I try and kind of like vary my response based on the context of my relationship with that person yeah. and how I'm kind of feeling the question is, is coming. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I, I feel like this, the thing that I personally have been, I, I guess, responding with lately um, in whenever people ask are asking those sort of questions or I'm kind of getting the vibe that they're wanting to know um, is <laughs> it was used as a, as negative whenever I was in Christian culture, but, um, now I use it as a positive and I say, I no longer have heart knowledge. It's now head knowledge. <laughs> um, I can, I, I can't unknow what I know. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even if I could, um, because it's, you know, it created the experiences I have and the, the worldview and the deconstruction and everything, you know, I, I, I wouldn't change the past in any way. Um, but in the same sense, like I, there's things that I can't like unknow. So I will always know and, and Christianity will be in a, 
in a way a home base just because of the knowledge that I have about it and the experiences I've had within the culture of it. Um, but that doesn't mean like I still need to like necessarily identify as a Christian because that to me, for, for me personally, says that I have some sort of heart knowledge still right. <laughs> and I don't align with that well, anymore. And I think, a, I think a big part of it too is for the both of us at least, our spirituality has become entirely inclusive. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. with that, I wasn't able to sit in Christianity and claim ownership over Christianity. Because if I'm claiming, if I'm claiming ownership about a, a, a descriptor of my spirituality, that obligates me to hold strict and rigid guidelines for who's in and who's out. Right. And inclusivity mm -hmm. and, and, and that exclusivity, for me, they just weren't able to go hand in hand anymore. It just was like, I yeah. can't I can't hold Christianity and say, you know, I mean, through all of the terrible things that have happened and, you know, everybody's trying to say, well, they weren't a Christian anyway. And 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 for us, we we get that a lot that like if you are saying these things, if you believe these things then you aren't a Christian and, and that was hurtful to me. But then to come back around and realize that for me to try to keep claiming Christianity as something that defined me and something that I stood by and that was my spirituality, I would constantly find myself saying that's for myself. I'd be like, they're, they can't be Christian because they do X, Y, and Z. And I found myself doing the exact same thing to those uh, that had just a different variation of their belief in what the gospel was. And so I guess to, to make a long story short, I, I decided to remove myself from the equation of having to mm -hmm. qualify somebody else's faith. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes so much sense. Josh, how do you feel about the whole thing? Well, I mean, sort of like taking from what, what all of you said, like personally, my beliefs shift. And before where I felt I had to have such a strong hold on things, I'm trying to give myself, to use a Christian word, grace. Mm-hmm to think through things and disagree and hold things in tension together. That's personally what I'm doing. But based on who I'm talking to, like I told my wife, I'm no longer going to entertain conversations about politics or spirituality with someone that I know is not going to like want to listen. Yeah. I'll only interject if it's hurting others or if you're misrepresenting others. Um, because I mean, I, they're not there to stand up for themselves. So I'll, I'll say something, but then I'm going to be quiet. Yeah. And that's mainly how I operate within my immediate family is like, you can talk about how much you like this and you can talk about all these things. I really don't care. Um, when I do have an issue is when you start talking about LGBTQ people in a harmful way mm. um, and, or, or start discrediting the black lives matter movement and saying all this other stuff. So I'll say whatever I need to, to make everyone happy. Cause I, I, I w without paying attention, I will gladly overshare my entire story. Mm -hmm. Not, not, not care. Like not, not that I'm not caring, but not aware of maybe the person wasn't interested in a 20 minute conversation. Um, yeah. So if I can see someone's asking me sincerely, like, Hey man, so where do you land on this? I'm like, okay. Um, I could either really get into it or like, how do you want to go about this? Cause I'm fine either way. Yeah. Like do you, do you actually really care or are you just trying to start a conversation? Um, yeah, right. Because like you said, Adam, like there are, there are certain things that my, I, I would say spirituality is, is a great term to use. My spirituality has grown, like the table's gotten so long 
and there are so many people that I include in it, and there are so many causes that I think are now important that I'm super passionate about, but also I don't think anything is more important than the person I'm talking to immediately in front of me. Yeah. And for so long in the church, like Adrian and I, I'm sure you guys experience it too, is like you were used as a resource, you were seen as a, as an end goal. Yeah. Um, I saw that very a lot of times I was I was like looked through, not looked at. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. And what's interesting is like we didn't even know what the word deconstruct was when this whole thing started, mm-hmm. and then we got into this podcast and, and Instagram, and then ran into progressive Christians, and like some of them were even as fundamental as fundamentalists. Like, well, now where do you stand on this issue? Like, I don't yeah. know. I've just got here. Like, well, you have to make a decision. Like, I thought you guys were cool with just letting things be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what happened? I don't like this either. Yeah. So the, the pendulum swung too hard in the other end. Um, yeah. And so my personal beliefs kind of vary day by day. I would say weather by weather, but South Florida is constantly hot. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's and then I, I just don't want to ruffle feathers anymore. I was such a reformed cage stage guy that I felt like it was my duty to go to war with every single conversation mm. I had. And now I don't have the mental bandwidth. Yeah. And there are so many other things that I want to argue about, like temperature to boil your water to get really good coffee at different elevations. One hundred way more you life let me impactful. Know. We can have yeah, that dude, conversation. Let's, go. let's switch. Okay, let's take a hard left turn. All right, we're going to go ahead and change the nature of this episode. <laughs> yeah, this is actually deconstructing um, coffee methods here. <laughs> yes, let's go. Yeah, I, I think that's so perfect. And, and too, like, I honestly am grateful that we have, we have um, that I have like an outlet like the podcast because if I talk for two hours, like fleshing out with Josh all of the things that we've experienced on a given day and all of our frustrations with certain things, then you kind of get it out of your system and you yeah. get to be like your truest self and you say it and you don't feel like you're repressing it. You don't feel like you're stifling it because I'm not trying to kind of disguise my rhetoric. I'm not trying to like pretend that I am someone I'm not. So that's really helpful. And then when like I actually sit down and I like, and I, a family function or whatever, I don't feel like I have anything I need to say. Cause right. you know, and so I think mm-hmm. for nothing else, there is something incredibly valuable about finding an outlet, whether it's like, I don't know, journaling or writing music or, you know, like there are a million ways that you can kind of express the shit you're going through. But I think if you don't have that, that's where it gets like really fucking rough. And I think for so many folks who had an outlet like worship and maybe like they had like community groups and all these things, and then you go through a faith change, you have like nothing, you have nowhere to put all of these things in your mind. Like, what do I do with all this stuff? And what often happens is like, and you are just trying to heal. Like you're just trying to process. Um, and if the person on the other end of that conversation isn't where you are, sometimes you feel like I, I can't even interact with you then because like it's it's so crucial for me to get this out. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's completely fair. And sometimes that does have to happen because sometimes the person you're sitting across from is, is part of the problem. Yeah. Um, but if, there, if you are in a scenario where like that person isn't necessarily the problem per se, um, and sometimes you need to find some other way to kind of get that across. And I'm almost like, if someone asks me, I'm almost like, dude, like I was having a, we don't even have to have this conversation. I promise. Like, <laughs> right. if you want to talk about literally anything else, you can absolutely do that. It's not going to, because that itch has already been scratched. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Want to take a quick moment to say thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode and rate and review the podcast as it helps others find this online community. 
Thanks so much. Now back to the episode. Yeah, I think that's great. Being able to kind of encourage other people to find a way to express that and get those those thoughts and those feelings out, you know, by way of whatever they choose. Even, yeah, like you said, even journaling. From like a therapy here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, literally, yeah, anything. Therapy's cool too, <laughs> but also memes. Therapy's yeah. great. And memes, are, memes are therapy <laughs> and in and of themselves. Um, so I you, think too, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, I was, I, you had mentioned, or I think maybe Josh had said, like, talking about the, almost like this post-Christian, ex-evangelical deconstruction, whatever, that world, you know, almost them, like, wanting to have, like, an an answer as well. So it's like, you're, you're getting, you're getting a lot of this out in, in, in podcasts and having this, these conversations and being able to hash out things and, you know, coming from your your experience of church planting and pastoring and all this stuff and now having a pretty big following on dirty rotten church kids whether it's podcast or the instagram that in and of itself is a community a group of people talking about things and as light as i mean a lot of those memes are it's also serious you said you know the light and the heavy um is is there ever like a time where it feels like do you ever fall back into almost the fear of, oh gosh, like, well, this isn't, I mean, not to use the word, it's so cringy, woke enough, but like, yeah. do you ever feel like it's, you're, you're, you almost like trap yourself in a post Christian theme on like mm-hmm. Dirty Round Church mm-hmm. Kids? It's like you have to, like, are you creating another church? Basically? Are you, yeah, are you creating yeah. another box for you to have to like exist in? Yeah, I, I certainly, I certainly see that there is like a like a tension of feeling like oh well like okay, now there is kind of like a, a company line. There there yeah. is I can see how that could be the the case. I think what we have been fortunate with is that like Dirty Rotten Church Kids by nature, I, I think we were fortunate because the name in and of itself mm. doesn't imply any sort of allegiance to anything. Right. You know, sometimes just with something and they'll, they'll be like you know I don't know like. Um, the irreverent Christian podcast or the, right. you know, like the heretical Christ follower or, or whatever. Right. Then all of a sudden you are kind of adding some bumper pads to your kind right. of your content and, and your perspectives. Yeah. And all we are saying is that we were brought up in Western evangelicalism and a ton of different denominations throughout the course of the past 30 something years. And so when we unpack stuff, it is less about like, we're not trying. And, and we'll tell people all the time, like, don't listen to anything we're saying because we are not trying to be prescriptive. Yeah. We are really just trying to be descriptive mm-hmm. and call out bullshit where we see it. Yeah. And it's not even anything personal to a specific dude. Like I'm not trying to like take down Mark Driscoll or whatever. I think a lot of <laughs> what he says is bullshit, but it's more of like, let's kind of peel apart the system that we were a part of. And right. when you do it that way, um, it is truly like, and people will kind of shit on it. It's like, oh, you're all about what you're against. Like, tell me what you're for. Mm. It's like, I, I get, I hear that. But also, sometimes you need to laugh at something so it doesn't torment you. Yeah. And sometimes you need to rage against something to take your power back. And sometimes you need to grieve over the loss of something so that you can feel there was closure. Like, there's so many things that we need to do. And if all we're doing is, you know, chopping down kind of like some trees in the way, then that's fine. Then we can have some other people come in after us and they can be the ones that can lay some framework or something. Like I'm fine with not being the person 
that yeah. leaves you with a new religion. I'm totally fine with, with us just being the assholes who just make fun of something, hang a lampshade and go, that's bullshit. <laughs> and then the person erases it off, off the chalkboard. And then somebody else can come in and write something else. And even if that's all we exist for and kind of a person in a spectrum of a person's spiritual experience, I'm kind of fine with that because that's where we sit personally. And we realize that we're not for everybody. So much of what we do is a potluck. Like we're going to throw a bunch of shit yeah. out there and take what you want, leave what you don't want, you know, and, and we, and that was kind of always the, the plan. If there was, if you can even call it a plan and we're kind of fine with just being the people that try and clear room on the table. We're not, we're fine with not being the people that are necessarily replacing something with, with something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the, be- at the beginning. Yeah. At the beginning of this, I had like friends that I've known reach out to me like, Hey man, I saw you part of a podcast. I'm like, yeah, dude, what'd you think? It's like, well, and there was the same line that Adrian said, well, it seems really negative. I don't hear you guys talking about anything. You should have like someone who has like opposing viewpoints on there. And I texted Adrian that, and I kind of left it there. And then I sat on it for a couple of days and I don't know who, who told me it was either Adrian or my wife or some friend or something, but it was essentially like, no, it's your thing. You can do what you want. Yep. Yep. I'm like, yeah, we can do what we want. And I spent 32 years trying to be the devil's advocate. I don't oh, need yeah. to do that anymore. Um, and so my, like, it, there is a, like I said before, like the, the, the propensity for the pendulum to swing so far, you're kind of substituting one thing for another thing. Um, and we're very aware of that. Uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, we're not trying to start a new religion. Like, we're not like Scientology 2.0. <laughs> like, it just... It, Dirty it, Rotten like, Church, church. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, so repetitive. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's very like what what we record and what we put out and the memes we post and the things we tweet and the DMs we send, like that's very much just us. Yeah. And so if someone's like, well, it sounds like that. I'm like, well, it sounds like me. Like mm. that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. And for so many years, we always had to be careful what we said because we represented this church or be careful mm-hmm. what we said because we represented this ministry or we're going overseas here. We're doing this here. There's always some other hidden agenda. And it's, it's really interesting that when you're in the church and you're doing all these things, people have no worries about you, like you using resources or you saying a certain thing a certain way. Um, but the second they're the ones being harmed by it, they're like, oh, not harmed, but like offended by it, I guess yeah. is a better word, or triggered by it. Um, like they're, they're the ones that like now. Oh, you said the Bible is uh it's not true. I'm like, well, it's it kind of more in depth. Well, th- that's wrong. I'm like, where do you stand on that? I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna cook lunch. Like, yeah. you want to <laughs> talk about food? Um, but it, there, there's the responses I've gotten are are very interesting. Yeah. Well, that- because like when when they're talking about the actual soullessness. Mm. of minorities mm. and the queer community they're not mad about that they're not mad about when the pastor is downplaying a person's humanness like you don't get mad about that you, you get mad when i say that jesus wasn't crucified because he's a son of god he got crucified for political reasons right but that that doesn't affect like your neighbor who is like a, a, a migrated from mexico mm-hmm. but you have no you have no problem when your pastor is spouting that or which was a, to me a huge swing and a miss I don't see any local churches around here, save for one. Shout out to Hartway, Danny Prada and Emily Prada, um, who addressed any of the shootings that happened this past week. Mm. Right. No, no one talked about that. No one talked about the loss of life and how the 
the numbers show that it's not guns who kill people. It's white men with guns who kill people. Right. Overwhelmingly a large, but no churches are doing that. So it's like there are actual lives being lost last week. Or you could argue with me about a 2000 year old book. Mm, I don't care about the book. Like there, there are families or eight families just in um, that, that one um, shooting that happened in, at the uh, massage parlors, mm-hmm. eight families who went to bed with one less person to say goodnight to. Mm-hmm. And no one cares about that. Mm-hmm. To me, like if Jesus were here, like he never spent time critiquing sermons. He went to a temple. He made a whip, which is really cool. We don't talk enough about like, <laughs> where's that? Where's the whip cr- making class? Like that'd be way cooler. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much irony and once you get outside the bubble and look at it and like your guy preached all about love and you guys seem to have none of it mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think too like like we talk about if people don't like that you talk against something they're like well tell me what you're for mm. and you go well i'm for a complete experience of love for as as many breaths as we have to give and yeah. i i am for thinking that everything is gonna be okay and they're like no, I mean, like, what are you really for? Like, I'm talking about, like, your theology. We're like, well, fuck, okay, I guess I guess you didn't actually want to know what I'm, you know? And so yeah. it, it's not so much not having something that you're for. It's just not having the thing that they accept. Right. Oh, totally. Totally. And I think you guys do a really good job. Uh, what I feel like I, I'm very much passionate about talking about all this serious stuff and, like, spirituality and yeah. faith. But you guys are also really good at reminding people that you're human. And this is a human experience. Um, it's something that like I, I really enjoy about the work that you guys do, you know, through the podcast and through in Instagram and all of that. I just um, I do really a- appreciate that. And I feel like it's something that is missing in a lot of these spaces and a lot of the like post evangelical, I guess, kind of spaces, um, because this stuff, I mean, what you're talking about, it's like the the what you really believe in. It's it's been so simplified now of just like, I just believe like, honestly, we need to reconcile with the shit we've done. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah. uh, we also just need to love way better. Um, and it's, it's just way too simple for people. It's not like people want a recipe. They want something that they can kind of pick apart and yeah. mm-hmm. they can uh, debate about. And you're like, there's really nothing to debate when it comes to what I'm for. Right. Well, I think I think yep. what people are saying most often when they're asking you to talk, because we get that same thing too, uh, and generally it's from people that we know and that are close to us, mm-hmm. is that they're like, well, why don't you talk about something positive? Why don't, why don't you talk about what you're for? But they're all they're asking you to do is to build a, a thing that they can find what the problem is that they have with it so that they can disagree with you yeah. a, a little bit more accurately. Right. If you if all you talk about is yeah. the things that you that you don't like, there's nothing for them to be like to to be able to pick apart and disagree with. And yeah. so mm-hmm. it's so it's like something Lauren says all the time is the people that have the most problem with you creating a boundary is the people that are there to abuse it. And I think that's wow. that's a very very similar space is that you're creating a safe space for yourself. It, it, whether it's through humor and you're creating a safe space for for people to mm-hmm. come and laugh and and be in your and be in that bubble of dirty, rotten church kids. And so it's like you have created that safe space. And so, of course, you're not going to have somebody with opposing views on your podcast that's going <laughs> to say terrible things because yeah. opposed to a liberation, opposed to inclus- inclusivity, that's, that is the problem that you're trying to escape in the first place. And, that's, and that is what you guys are trying to do, seemingly, 
is create a space where people can laugh and and just have stupid fun together without it having to be so serious all the time. But you can also be safe and know that you're surrounded by people that that value your humanity. Yeah, like one thing you said, Lauren, is like resolve resolve your stuff. Like there's so many like times where I'll have a reaction to something and I have to stop myself because I'm like, wait, is that my actual response or mm. no, that that's just what I was told in church. Like like right. the whole thing of picking things apart or being more for things or against things. It's so much like, oh, oh I, I don't even have to do that. that. That's not me. That's not how Josh would respond. That's just what I was, how I was told I needed to be. So the church would look good and the pastor would look good, so on and so forth. But yeah, that's, that's really good. Resolve your shit and love more. That's great. That's a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah it is. I like it. I like it. <laughs> It's a collaboration between Dirty Rotten and Dirty <laughs> Construct. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that being said, um, I, I think we're, we've probably come up on our hour. Um, but I really appreciate you guys. And um, I love hearing your stories and getting to know you uh, a little bit better. Um, you know, because the the stuff that we see is like hilarious and fun and serious and light and all, all everything in between. But getting to know somebody's story and hearing their voice and like, you know, having conversation, I feel like it just takes it a step further. And um, I'm sure that our listeners will thoroughly enjoy following your content. If they don't already, I'd be very shocked if they don't already. Um, but, you know, we'll be sure to plug in all of your information. Um, and do you guys want me to plug in your Patreon? Is that the website you'd like me to put in the bio? Yeah, that'd be cool. And okay. then we also have like a kind of a generic link tree that's kind of like all of our stuff yeah. um so if they want to listen to all the different places and we have like a merch store and a patreon and all those things amazing okay also if if you don't like anything we said if you completely disagree like the yeah. one thing you could do is really just send me all the gushers you can find i hate seeing yeah gushers. <laughs> i have never liked gushers at the side yeah. of them i break out in hives and get shortness of breath so if you want to cause me totally. under stress Send yeah. me all the gushers. I'm violently <laughs> allergic to Dunkaroos and cash. <laughs> <laughs> I can't look at I can't look at dollar bills. I can't do it. Send them over. <laughs> Amazing. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on today. Thank you, everyone who are listening. Uh, we love you guys, and until next time, bye. bye.